Greetings and salutations to our fine podcast audience. Ed and Nathan are, uh, after a week, still working on their nice, dirty water. It's already yeah. September, Yeah, I'm still ha- drinking it. And you're September. still enjoying it? I'm enjoying it okay. in September. It's so much cooler now. It, it's, it's great. All right, well, so I'm ha- going to bank on that it's not cooler, that that, no, that something has been caught ablaze in the atmosphere. I'm going I'm to go ahead and throw that out there. I like mm. making... Uh, just, you think yes. Greece is still on fire in September? Sure, sure. <laughs> I didn't know they were. Oh, yeah. There's, oh, there's a, one, of the, one of the islands of Greece is totally wildfire. Ah, I missed that. Yeah. I'm st- there's a really... It's because they, they took all those uh, Zeus and Hades temples down. <laughs> and Hades said, nope. <laughs> Coming at it. Now, that's a topic we could talk about. Wow. I don't know. That's about all I got on it. Except, except, for, except for my 1998 uh, Hercules Disney film knowledge. I have there's a, lot a of pastor that. in Arkansas that's going to make a living off that right there. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> Probably. Oh, my goodness. Well, there you go. All right. Well, as I said last week uh, when we started on the Dirty Water, um, we've got a lot of questions to get to Dirty over the next water. few weeks. <laughs> You're making up a song now? Okay. I think we thought it was a song. Yeah. <laughs> I heard that one, Ed, but go ahead. Oh, back in the 60s, we'd sing about dirty water. You do you. Okay. So uh, we had a bunch of dobro playing underneath. <laughs> really? <laughs> I don't know if I'm listening to any music these days with a dobro in it. Well, that's what I said. Oh, I'm sure. Yes, yes. Oh, There's some country guy still got Probably. dobro. Okay. We got two questions today, so we're going to get right to them because I think it might take us a little while. I don't know, but we'll see. If not, y'all will get out early today, <laughs> which everybody's glad. Yay, class is out. <laughs> class will be out. They do, do you have to finish it? Is they it can gonna, pause it. They can. Is but there an exam next week? It's for the ones that are committed. <laughs> Because I know there are some of them. Some out of there. you are listening to us at two times speed. So this right here is really going to bother you because you're not even going to understand what I'm saying, and you're going at two times speed. Dirty water. Stop. <laughs> Just stop. Okay. Two questions today. All right. And the first one is more of a personal question for each of us. Okay. The person because they they direct it right to Blue us. Is my favorite. I call. do like yes. chocolate. Maybe they'll bring us some. Okay. How do you e- have a niece, by the way? I'll just say this: if you haven't tried saying chocolate in Naomi, John's daughter's presence, mm-hmm. this is what happens. I, I said, "We're going to have some chocolate." Chocolate, <laughs> which, which is everyone's internal voice, <laughs> but she just lets it out. She's two years old, so she's let it, she's just it's saying the what most she thinks. Excited I've ever seen a human being. Well, about you know, chocolate. It, it is chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> if you can't get excited about chocolate, you well, might be dead. That's true. All right. Question number one, how do each of you study the Bible? I think they want us to talk about specifically how we each study the Bible. So um, here was the first thing I thought when, uh, and I think you guys will understand this, when I read the question is, um, I don't feel like I study the Bible the way that... That or, was going to be my response as well. You know what I mean? And and I would say probably in years past when I was younger in the faith, I would have said those words, yeah, I'm studying the Bible. These days, I don't approach the Scripture quite that way. Not that the word study is a bad word. I'm not saying that. For me, the purpose of why I read the Bible has morphed and changed, hopefully for the better, over the past several years of my life. And there's that old phrase. I know it's a cutesy phrase, but I like it. Um, I'm trying to, instead of studying the Bible, I'm trying to let the Bible study me mm. <laughs> a little more than I used to. So for me, I am reading it these days 
probably in more of a mode of transformation rather than information. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You guys kind of, I think you guys would sort of yeah. agree with yeah. that, right? My, my initial reaction was as well, I don't regularly study the Bible. The only times I study the Bible, and we can talk about that, I mean, yeah. if we want to answer that, yeah. is if there's a passage of Scripture that I have not taught before, like we were doing, there was a portion of the Sermon on the Mount when we taught it a few years ago, and I've, I've taught the Sermon on the Mount at least all the way through three or four times in my time of teaching. But there was a passage that when I was studying it, I mean, reading it and getting ready to teach it, I realized I don't really know what that means for sure. Hmm. It was a little part of it that I, and so I did go back and study that. But regularly, daily, I don't study. And by study, I mean dig into what the words mean, how it fits in the context. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't -hmm. don't do that. Well, for me... I used to do that a lot, and mm-hmm. that was the the. That's probably more in my um, personality type is to do that kind of thing. I enjoyed knowledge gathering. Uh, mm-hmm. To me, that's what study is: is mm-hmm. knowing more, studying more, getting more in depth. And that's usually what people want to talk to me about: is you know, I want to have more knowledge. I want to know the things that you talk about in sermons, the historical background, and what this word means, and in Greek, and all of that kind of stuff. And and that used to, you know, used to really, you know, turn my key a lot <laughs> back in the day. And but over time, I've, I've, I think I've gotten to the point where I've realized that that for me that has not helped me follow Jesus better. It has made me, you know, it has got given me kind of energy just the, by the fact that ooh, I learned something new. But it hasn't really contributed to me becoming more the person that Jesus called for me to be. And, and I think what when Jesus said, go into all the world, make disciples, teach them to obey everything that I've commanded you. Uh, for me, Bible study was not teaching me to obey more. It was teaching me to know more. Yeah. And so these days, I, when I, I approach the scripture for that purpose, but... As we've said around here, we are all in discipleship groups where we're doing this with other people. And I think that has been as valuable to me as any personal study I've ever done on the Bible because now I'm talking with other men who are walking with Jesus and, and trying to obey everything that he commanded. And we're, we're trying to figure out what that looks like for one another. And we're mm-hmm. calling that out of one another mm-hmm. and we're encouraging that out of one another. And so for me, the transformation part has become primary. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I agree with all that was said. Um, like you said, I think if you're asking how do I study the Bible to 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 know things about it, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of resources. Oh yeah. That I do with that. I do still just read commentaries occasionally, mm-hmm. and but not like during what I would call devotional time. Time for me and God. That's just uh, my, my wife and I recently got a hammock for our back porch, and we just go sit out on the hammock at nighttime. And that's just what I do. I don't read a lot of fiction, so instead, when other people would be reading fiction, that's just my personal. I just like to sit and read this and learn it. But I wouldn't refer to that as 
my Bible time. Mm-hmm. I would refer to that as just like my novel time. So I like their commentaries. I like, I know we've talked about before, the Bible Project podcast is a great oh, yeah. uh, scholarly thing. There's a podcast called Ask N.T. Wright, and he's a, he mm-hmm. does basically what we do here. Uh, and <laughs> way better. Way better because he's a, he's a theologian. So like those things. And are, he has a great British accent. That's awesome. Does. There are several of those kind of podcasts I listen to. Me too. But how, for the purpose that you said, which I think for, for most people, there's, there's two things I want to say on it. One is, I think there is a thing, and I don't know if it's American or not. I've only ever lived in America, so I don't know. I have a feeling that it is because of how individualistic we are. That is, I personally need to do all the research that I have to form my own opinion, and it really is missing the purpose of of why God gives us a body, which is, it's not that you shouldn't read your Bible. What I mean is, I don't under, I don't often understand when someone goes, I also need to read all the commentaries that you're reading. Tell me the commentaries you're reading. Hmm. A lot of the time I read commentaries because I've got to do a sermon. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and that is why I went to school for this. And I have to do this so that I could bring it. If you want to check, I, this is by no means me saying just whatever anybody says from the stage you have to accept. But I do think there's this weird thing that exists, which is all of us have to have the same knowledge. And that part of reading in community is Mm. we're all bringing different perspectives. And I'll throw this out. I have this even when I'm reading with commentaries of trying to read um, women uh, uh, theologians, trying to read from uh, people of color who write, people who have different perspectives than me. Because, and I heard one person say this, when we only allow... 50% of the body of Christ Mm. to interpret the whole scripture, we're only getting 50% of what it is when we only read from a perspective that looks just like mine. And so I would say even within the body of Christ that I would be in a small group where I'm talking about my life and I would have, I would have people who I would have women or I would have men that I'm discussing these things and we're talking about our life with that. I'd be in a discipleship group and maybe I'd have a guy that's older than me that could speak or a guy that's younger than me or that has some different perspective. It's not that, okay, once I get all the knowledge, I now can be the sole interpreter of what this, but I feel like sometimes that's what we feel like I have to do. Mm-hmm. I have to know what each individual passage means and this is the one way it's supposed to be taken and I now know it like you said mm-hmm. I have that not and I hold it yeah. and it's mine and you know back to the original question you know you were wanting to know how we do it <laughs> I mean you wanted to know how do you study the Bible each of you um, for me um, I'm, I'm reading a lot of the same things multiple times and I think in the old way that I approached the Bible it was I got to get parts of the Bible yeah like okay. I'm, I'm I'm reading a lot of the gospels a lot of the time and I'm not reading very much Old Testament these days doesn't mean that it's not important doesn't mean that you know you can't spend time in that it's very valuable but for me to do the things that Jesus wants me to do I'm I'm convinced now I need to become so very well acquainted with him what he taught, what he did, that I'm spending a lot of time. And, and see, the me 15 years ago would have said, well, you're just, you're cutting yourself off from a lot of knowledge that God may want you to have out of all those books. I just don't see it that way anymore. I, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And, you know, you and I have taught together for a long time. Nathan's a newer part of our teaching team. But you and I used to really spend a lot of time trying to figure out new things to talk about. Yes. And what I've come to realize is, 
there's only there there isn't a whole lot that people in our until our culture changes, which we've had some newer stuff recently yep. because of stuff going on in our culture. But our culture has some habitual problems mm. that the, we have to allow the Word of God to speak to those problems. That's the that, and and it makes sense. Why would we move on from something we know is a problem that's keeping people from the life God uh, offers them? Why would we move on from that if it had not yet been yeah at least dealt with significantly? Yeah, I I always remember when I was in college, there was a, a South American teacher that uh, he came to our church and I mean our our school and taught. Uh, one chapel thing, or maybe that. Anyway, that's the way I remember it. Yeah. This is how I, yeah. I hear. His name was Juan Carlos Juan Carlos Ortiz, and he talked about that he went and started a church, and for a year he taught the same passage of scripture every Sunday. Wow. And finally, when somebody asked him hmm. why, he said, "You aren't doing this yet." Mm. <laughs> Man, <laughs> see, and and in 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 America, that would be just the worst thing. Well, because we've turned it into, I want to I come and and learn, and, and I got to learn something. Well, and we've it, equated growth with knowledge. Yes, yeah. So, and you and I watched it, and I guess you did too. Uh, and I can't remember what's the uh, the uh, YouTube documentary we watched about uh, the church in Iran. Sheep among wolves. Sheep among wolves. Volume yes. two is the one you're. Volume two. To. And that guy talks about how it's exploding there, and they almost do the exact same thing with people uh, who are converting from uh, Islam to Christianity. Is they say we're going to read the Bible when you come to a command, we're going to stop. Until you begin to do that command. Hmm. We're going to read the words of Jesus, come to a command. That's teaching people to obey everything Jesus said. True. That's the way that they study the Bible is. We're going to read. Here's a command. Go do that. Until we can help each other do that, we don't need to move on. <laughs> well, and I think, so when you, and I think... I think when you talk about how do we personally, when you don't mean study for knowledge, when mm-hmm. we personally do, we, as Jason said, we're all in discipleship groups. So in that, not together, we're all in different discipleship yeah. groups, but we all are reading either from the Gospels or some part of the New Testament just over and over and over again, uh, a chapter a day. Mm-hmm. But then um, I personally, I also use I use the Bible regularly to pray, and what I mean mm-hmm. is I pray through the Psalms every day. I've done that now for three or four years, and I can go through my journals, and I can see, oh, I read this Psalm on this day, and I either I either sometimes will paraphrase it and go, okay, well, how does this hit me today? Sometimes I will, uh, sometimes I will just write it out. I've also been trying to memorize a lot of Scripture lately. That's mm-hmm. been a big thing to keep myself in the presence of God. Um, I think so often when I hear people talk about things, this is true for me, there are thoughts you want to stop, anxiety, mm-hmm. lust, mm-hmm. anger, greed, and you think your thoughts are out of your control. The reason they are is because you have nothing else to shift them to. So you shift it away, and what you do is you go, well, now let me turn something on Netflix. Netflix is mindless. I know you think it's not. It is. Or I'm going to play this video game. Video games are mindless. I know you think it's not. It is. Social media, and you move through, your brain still has time to to sit and ruminate on 
that lustful thought, that angry thought, that anxious thought. But when I'm trying to memorize something, I have to sit there and think about, okay, what's the next part of this? And then I pause occasionally and I'll stop on, okay, what does this tell me about God or what does this tell me about myself? And that's a way for mm-hmm. me, like Jason said, that I allow, instead of me going going into the Bible and saying, what do I need to know? I allow the Bible to get into me. Mm-hmm. And I allow, I allow God's word to lead me closer to him. Yeah. So I try to do that several times throughout the day. Um, well, something that along those lines that I'll just throw out there, it's something that is going for me right now is um, taking just small truths or scriptures, verses from the Bible, and I'm having them uh, set as reminders on my phone mm-hmm. every single hour. And so um, like last week, um, my reminder every single hour, it pops up on my phone, uh, was Matthew six thirty three. Um, seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, all these things will be added to you. So every hour I was confronted with that verse and, and what it caused me to do is how am I seeking the kingdom of God in this moment, in this next hour? And so I had that thought from the moment I woke up to the moment I went to sleep this week. Uh, it's that passage from the first chapter of Hebrews. It says, God is holding all things together through the power of his word. And what does that look like if I really believe that all things were being held together by God in this moment? So that's the thought. In fact, it, it just came up just a few minutes ago. And so I, while y'all were talking, I had those thoughts. God is holding everything together right now. So now am I learning new knowledge? Am I studying deeply the Word of God? Well, if it put that way, no. But it's getting in me. Yeah, and you know, one of our elders who I admire this part about him, he always says when we say, uh, you know, that I need do faith is, is belief is always seen is what he says. Whatever you believe, mm-hmm. you always see it. Hmm. So when I, if I believe God holds everything together, yet I feel like I'm falling apart. The truth is I don't really believe yes. God holds yes. everything together. And so what I'm doing is I'm taking this thing that if they ask me on a test, do you believe God holds everything together? Well, yeah, but when I'm in the midst of falling apart, do I believe God? I'm letting that get deep into me. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I have, you know, somebody I care about that's going through a really tough time and their life's just going, do I believe God is holding that together? That Mm. God is at work in that? Yeah. And so I can have confidence in him or or do I think there's something I have to do? Yes. Another thing that I think is helpful, if you're just looking for ideas, once again, none of these things I think are things that are necessary for you to do. These are just different things we do. But one thing, it's a little bit more of a time commitment, is to read Scripture out loud large sections at once. Mm. I occasionally will just sit, and once again, not all the time. I wouldn't even say once a week, but semi-regularly I will sit down just in my living room when we have nothing else going on and the kids are just playing and I'll just open and read like an entire one of Paul's letters so like Ephesians or something like that or uh, read First John and go through or just read one of the gospels and just start and read it out loud that there's something different when you hear the word read yep. than when you just see it or there's an app that's called Dwell uh, mm-hmm. which you have to pay for you get a, I got a seven day free trial It'll read it out loud to you. You version will read it out loud. But this one... Um, I regularly have my Alexa open up you version and mm-hmm. just read mm-hmm. scripture out loud. Yeah, so you can do it through an app and just listen to it. Um, but 
I, I remember I, I read, and I think it was Dallas Willard as well, as we often mentioned Dallas, uh, that he talked about people talk about wanting to get washed in the wor- word. And he said, but when you got to take a shower, sometimes a little bit of drops here throughout the day won't be enough to wash you. It is better that at one mm-hmm. point you just get all of all of something at once. And so it's just another way to try and once again mm-hmm. get not even get knowledge into me that there is a way that when I read the scripture, I am brought, in, when that's my intention, that I am brought into the presence of God and he becomes more aware to me. And I personally, and I think we said this in the last podcast, I want to get prepared that I'm comfortable in the presence of God. Whereas for many of us right now, and this shouldn't be a thing that makes us feel guilty, I don't think, but it should lead me. Sitting down to read my Bible, I would have said five, six years ago, I'd go, okay, mm-hmm. I got to sit and spend some time with God because I got to check it off my list. And at one point, it just convicted me of what if, I'm not saying this is it, so if this freaks you out, but what if that's what heaven was, was just me and God sitting and I'm talking about what's in the scripture? Would that be so mind-numbingly boring to me that being with God felt like such an obligation? I'm hoping I don't get to heaven and go, oh no, (laughs) it was just spending time with God and I hated that for 85 years on my, so I want to get myself to a place, and I will say this, after a long period, it is something I more and more actually look forward to. I, there, are, there are days, as we've said before, when you don't do it, it feels like if you didn't brush your teeth or something. I look and go, my day feels off because I didn't have time sets. Because I can connect with God at any point. Mm-hmm. But there is a benefit going, this is my time, I'm doing it. Well, the rhythm that uh, we all adopted through our discipleship groups was to do month, five days a week. Yep. Right. Um, do that morning rhythm. And I can tell you, on the other two days when it's not as prescribed for me, I feel like like yeah. that feeling I didn't brush my teeth or something didn't I start had to off right. A different rhythm for yeah. those days. Yep. And it doesn't feel like a relief. Mm-hmm. Sometimes right. people think when they start into the five day thing that the two days off will feel like a relief. It doesn't feel like a relief to me. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have to I really have to work at well, it just doesn't feel yeah. n- normal. Mm-hmm. It should be the opposite. Yeah. So all right. Um, I hope that helps you <laughs> kind of get uh, an idea of what we're doing. Uh, you know, if that matters to you, if you want to ask more questions, if you know us, you can ask us directly. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, send us some other uh, questions. We'll, we'll be happy to answer those as well. But I hope that was helpful to you. Okay. Question number two. A uh, listener wants to know, what does the word holy mean or the word holiness? Holy, holy means set apart. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the textbook definition. Yeah, it just means, it means set, set apart. apart. Set apart for a purpose. For a purpose. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. So um, if you have a special bottle of champagne that you're going to drink on your 50th anniversary, yep. technically that's a holy bottle sure. of champagne. Mm-hmm. Yep. So in terms of, we hear in the scriptures, God being referred to as holy. Mm-hmm. So is, is there any difference in that? Is there a nuance in that? Or is it... Well, what I would say that in... Not sure that anybody told me this, but I think I think in the back of my mind, this is I learned this, and it's now a part of me. Holy, holy for God means distinct. He is not like yes. me. Mm-hmm. He is other than me. Yes. And every yeah, he time is set apart from everything else. Yeah, yes. Every time we read in the Scripture something that makes when we say God is a Father. What we really are saying, God is like a father. Yes. But God, God's not like any father you've ever had mm, or right. seen or mm-hmm. the best father. Or he's, he's not. 
God is other. He is holy. God, you can see God in creation, but God's not creation. Yes. He is other than that. There are, yeah. He's distinct from all. Well, all of those descriptors, images, whatever you want to call them, are pointers. Right. They should point us toward him in, in ways that help us to understand or help us to relate or maybe even... Um, hopefully warm us to mm-hmm. the, the, mm-hmm. the what we just talked about a few minutes ago, the idea of oh, this is someone I want to know or want to be with. So, and we've talked about this before, when he invites us to call him father, we know that for some of us, many of us, that's not necessarily the best right. image because we had maybe a distorted image uh, of father handed to us growing up. But like you said, it is other than the the experience that I've had with Father, and so it's it's incumbent upon me to to lean past that stuff that was handed to me early in life to to say, well, what what would a perfect Father yes. look like? Mm-hmm. And He is He is that, but beyond that. Well, and even even the idea, you know, because I think if this is in September, we have either just finished a series or we're in the middle of a series. We're really dealing with God as Father mm-hmm. and that image, and. The fact that I know, if I had a father that I didn't think was the best, the fact that I know there is one that's better, not just because I've seen it better, but I have the idea of what it would be like if it was right, if Mm. it was right. But God is beyond the right version. Mm -hmm. He's even beyond that. What I think of as the right, perfect version, he's beyond that. He's other than that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think what holiness means for us is ultimately Christ-likeness. It is, uh, I become like Christ. It's clear over and over again in the uh, both the New Testament and the Old Testament that when God refers to Israel as a holy people, over and over again, he, he refers to them back to these laws that he gives them and says that if you live in this way, which was completely, we look back on it and think, oh, it's distinct because it was such an old time, but that's how everybody lived and this really wasn't any different. They were completely distinct from every other nation. In fact, and I had this conversation with someone, they said, well, how do you explain this law from, you know, and then they point out, and you know the ones, there are ones that are completely bizarre where, yeah. where you go, I don't even know how that makes sense. And the way I said it to him is, you know how you hear those crazy laws that are in, um, like Arkansas, you can't have a donkey in a bathtub on Tuesday. And you go, what you know is the reason that's a law is because at some point there was a donkey in a bathtub on a Tuesday and they don't actually care. They had to create something. So sometimes I look at these laws and I go, I don't know. I don't know how that law makes a person holy. My guess is though, God, because he had been living in the wilderness with these people, saw something. And there's a particular one that someone pointed out to me that says if a woman interrupts a fight between two men and touches a man's genitals that are not her husband, she must get, I think, her hand cut off but not put to death or something like that. And they go, why would God make that up? And I said... It, this is just me imagining. There's nothing goes through. I go. I wonder if there was some altercation at some point, and in e- or in every other society, it was if anything like this happens, you kill the woman or you do this. Mm. And God is saying, "Okay, I get you feel like you need to do something about this. Here's how you will handle situations that are specifically like this in a distinct." way, that God is giving them a way to be distinct. Now, what we know is the bigger ones that weren't those, taking care of widows, orphans, immigrants, the big stuff that they were supposed to do, they never did because they wanted to be like 
every other nation. Well, that's the struggle of the whole Old Testament is they keep wanting to go and become like other we nations. We want a king. Yeah. We, don't have we a want king. to be like them. And he's like, no, you're supposed to be called out. You're supposed to be set apart. Holy. You're my holy. And they don't want that. And, I, and then, oh, sorry. I'll no, say ahead, this. Go ahead. Uh, and then in the New Testament, Paul and them, Peter in particular, picks up that same language. Jesus also does in the Sermon on the Mount when he starts referring to them as a light to the world because that's what Israel was it's called. supposed to be. He's mm-hmm. saying the holiness, the set-apartness, the distinctiveness of Israel is now applied to my followers, whether they are from Israel or they're Gentile. You become, and as um, Peter says, as he's quoting the Old Testament, a royal priesthood, a holy, holy people, people, chosen nation, yes. all these kind of words is a way to say, it's not to say we be different for the sake of being different. It's if you are following Jesus, you will look different. There is no way because there is no nation, kingdom, culture, group of people that have ever looked just like Jesus. Mm -hmm. You know, and there's so much in the New Testament, even the thing we repeat here of love everyone always, if that were really done, like we really took serious when somebody does something hard, we, we don't do this thing that I hear so many Christians doing of, I don't have any enemies, and we make jokes about it. And right. that I'm, But if we really, when somebody hurts me, my first thought is, I don't want to curse them. I want to bless them. Right. And if we became a people that when something bad happens, we love the other person in spite of it. If we became the kind of community that is talked about in the New Testament— that really is a formed community of all races together. That doesn't exist on the planet. It, not in harmony, where, right. they, where they don't say, okay, everybody become this one monoculture. It right. wasn't about becoming a monoculture. It was about everybody accepting each other and loving, not because of anything other than Jesus loves us all. I love you because Jesus loved me, and so therefore I can love you. Mm. I'm confident... I mean, more and more so these days, that is the holiness. Now, when I was growing up, holiness, and they even had, there was even holiness Pentecostals when I was growing up, and they were distinct by far. But the only distinctiveness was the way they dressed and the way they talked and the things they didn't do and the things they were against. And no one was attracted to it. People did not want that. They saw it as odd. But I'm telling you, you see little glimpses of it of time when people do have these cultures that people, they love each other in spite of. <laughs> they love it and because it's a higher calling, when people can come together in those kind of situations where people do love someone that did evil to them, it becomes a set apartness that everybody notices for a moment. Well, that, and it becomes attractive. There's something well, in people that goes, I wish I could be like that. That's how Jesus described it. He said, you are the light of the world, and they will see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Yeah. It's an attraction. It is, it is something that they causes praise to come forth, not the opposite. Right. Yeah. And people would go, people, you know, I've had people all my whole, I'm just going to live my life. I'm not going to do witnessing. I'm going I'm to live my life, and people are going to ask me questions. And the questions they normally get never have anything to do with Jesus. But if you had people that you'd know, hey, what's a, a black guy and a white guy? And it's not the start of a joke. I don't mean that. Hmm. It's this, 
It's this whole group of people that they genuinely love and work together for the good of people that aren't even a part of their community. This group of people who shouldn't be together or working together for the good of their other community people would say, why is that? The only answer to that is Jesus. Hmm. Jesus is the reason this way. Then he gets the glory because nobody looks at that and goes, man, you guys are just naturally nice people because inevitably people can look at some people and go, well, that's not a naturally nice Mm -hmm. guy. Well, (laughs) I do think because I've had these conversations with people as as similar things of let's just live our lives and, and people ask us questions. And I'll say, okay. What are you doing that is so different that it points to Jesus? And they'll say, well, I do a lot of random acts of kindness. And I say, <laughs> okay, so does a lot of people who yes. don't believe in me. Me- that's a meme in our society, yes. random act of kindness. What if you did pointed acts of kindness that were directed towards people that you naturally are opposed to? Or what if you did pointed acts of kindness for the poor and the marginalized and people that are forgotten about in society? What if you regularly did that in such a way? And when someone someone said, oh, you're going to serve the poor? Yeah, well, it's because Jesus asked me to. And I'm not pushing anything on them. I'm making clear I do all of this in Jesus' name. Well, there we might actually be gaining some ground with some people. But what most often when I have conversations with people is I want to do what I'm already doing. And if someone says, what's your religion? I can say Christianity. That, that is not what Jesus ever had in mind. That reminds me, I was just listening to our favorite guy, Dallas Willard, Hmm. talk about this, that passage of being the light of the world. And I love this phrase. I just hung on to it. I've been thinking about it all week. And he said these words, he said, if you can live a Christian life that is, that can be hidden, then it probably should be. Wow. Isn't that great? That is good. That's really good. Isn't that great? I just, I've been, that has stuck with me. I know he's not greater than scripture, but that has been in my heart more than any Bible verse for a week. Getting into that verse that really means something. Yeah. Yeah. He was talking about, you know, he said, he was talking about the nature of light. He said, you know, darkness can't put out light. Right. He said, light only dispels darkness. He said, you can fill a room with darkness, one light takes care of it all. He said, and then the more light you get, the less darkness you get. He said, but then you can't pour more darkness into a room. He said, so this idea that you can live this life of, of you are the light of the world, Jesus said. And the fact that you could go into a dark world and make no difference. I mean, I, he didn't say that, but you're probably doing it wrong. Maybe yeah. you're not the light. Yeah. You know, like he said, if it can be hidden, you probably should keep that hidden because it ain't what you think it is. Yeah. That's that's really really good. Yeah. I like that as the answer to the question. That's a good that's a good answer right. to the question. Well, good. We just should just quote Dallas every time. <laughs> I pretty much always do. Even anything I say that's good, whether it, I quoted Dallas yeah. by saying it, it was something I, I heard, probably heard yeah. from Dallas. Yeah. yeah, I was listening to that series you sent me on oh, YouTube, yeah, so yeah. Good. where he preaches through the entire uh, oh, Sermon oh, on the Mount, so and that's what he was at that part of the passage, and he made that, and, so, and it's so funny, he'll make these little offhand comments that I just, I'll stop the video and like go back, and li- and he made it just off the top of his head, and I'm like, dude, that is so rich, man. You know, the thing I love, and this is not, the, nobody cares about I this know. but me, but the thing I love about hearing Dallas preach, not not necessarily teach, but when he starts preaching... 
you can hear the Arkansas come out in him. <laughs> you know, he's an Arkansas yeah. guy, but you know, he taught in Southern California for so. And sometimes you listen to him, you go, oh, "That's a Southern California guy." Mm-hmm. But when he starts preaching, you go, "Oh, I grew up with people like yeah, man, <laughs> you, you Southern." Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, uh, that's our time for this week. Uh, we got uh, a couple questions coming up next. Like I said, we got we got some good ones um, last few weeks. And so uh, here's the preview. Next week, we're going to talk about what's the difference between being spiritual and being a follower of Jesus. Is yeah. there a difference on that? And then somebody wants to, us to distinguish between words like belief and faith and knowledge. Mm. I think that's going to be a little bit of a rich conversation. So we'll get into that next week. So... Y'all come back, and we'll see you then. Bye.